0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sex Ed Shouldn't Suck. I'm Kaylee, and it is just me for the intro and outro today. Uh, I'm excited to say that this week we are talking to two teenagers from India, Disha and Sara. They are super cool. They are working on helping get better sex education into the schools and different institutions around them. I personally found this interview to be very inspirational, and I hope that y'all enjoy it, too.
1: Welcome, Tisha and Sara, to Sex Ed Shouldn't Suck. We're super excited to have you all here. Hey, We're excited to be here. <laughs> awesome. So why don't you all tell you, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, you can tell us your age and pronouns and where you're from.
2: OK, uh, I'm Sara Pari, and I am from Bangalore, which is in India. Um, I am 16 years old, going to turn 17 this year, and my pronouns are she and her. Yeah.
3: Uh, hi guys, I'm Disha. I'm also uh, from Bangalore in India. I'm 16, and uh, I just turned 16, and my pronouns are she, her. Oh,
1: awesome. Happy birthday. <laughs>
0: Thank <Yeah>.
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> so you all are just, just a tad younger than we are. <laughs> um, <laughs> So tell us a little bit about what your sex education was like in Bangalore.
3: Um, So in India, sex ed is still a very taboo topic, as I'm sure it is in other parts of the world as well. So in Bangalore, um, our school at least, it's integrated into the syllabus of biology. So it's a very scientific sex ed curriculum. It doesn't deal with all the topics we want to deal with. And um, it isn't considered a separate subject. It's part of the syllabus as a whole and talked about very vaguely because of course it's still mm-hmm. not widely it's, it's still not considered like an approachable topic or like age appropriate or whatever
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um, you could say we could uh, we learnt like the biological or scientific aspect in school and the other aspect would be from Instagram lives or Instagram pages and like internet or shows like sexual education even
1: mm-hmm yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that's true for a lot of Americans as well. I know that I learned a lot from <laughs> not from school because I did not get great <laughs> sex education. <laughs> and I know you were also explaining to us a little bit earlier there's a difference sometimes in the curriculum between public and private schools in India. You all go to a private school, right? Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. So uh, in India, most uh, middle class and upper middle class um, and Higher class go to private schools because mm-hmm. simply because they have better facilities better opportunities provided, and the mm-hmm. public schools are government run Are government run which means that um the facilities are they move for underprivileged uh, the underprivileged section of society so mm-hmm. um if it's not spoken about in private schools which are considered more modern, the sex ed in public schools would be much worse
1: yeah mm mm-hmm. Totally. What were what were some things you specifically learned in your biology classes, just more like medical application of, you know, this is how sex works and (laughs) don't do it pretty much?
2: Well, kind of. I mean, they haven't like been 10th and they still haven't said like, oh, yeah, like that is how sex works, like the (laughs) penetration part or yeah. Mm -hmm. They just like oh uh, yeah, there is a really close physical um, connection, maybe I don't know, huh. but yeah, between the male and the female genitalia, and then <laughs> they speak about the anatomy of the penis and the vagina, and mm-hmm. um, and like they will mention all the contraceptive methods and the STDs, but they will not explain in detail how it works,
1: how does it get mm. transferred and all that. And wow. I also feel like
3: it's more about like the male gamete and the female gamete that like, fuels yeah. and fertilization. And they don't yeah. even talk about it. In, like it's an actual biological process that every human goes through. And and definitely not like the emotional part <laughs> of it. Like how does losing your virginity work, stuff like that. So like absolutely nothing related to
1: that.
0: Interesting. It's like a yeah. very clinical <laughs> yeah. Clinical scientific extended.
1: version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they also skip over like how it gets there. You know, they're like yeah. somehow, some way
2: it, it gets there, like it just moves to the broken in
1: <laughs> where it gets fertilized. We just it right. down. You'll have to you'll have to guess how the sperm gets in there, but uh <laughs> it does, and then this happens. <laughs>
0: Do they separate out the girls and boys during this lesson or is it everyone together? So,
2: uh, during the biology lesson, no. But um, I think in like fifth grade or seventh grade, uh, they separated out the girls and the boys uh, to like teach only the girls about menstruation.
0: I'm so sorry. Yes, that sounds sounds familiar.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think in first grade or third grade i'm not really sure but uh again they separated out the girls and the boys to, yeah third grade third grade they teach about like bad touch and good touch huh. but like i feel like even the part about the periods it should be taught together mm-hmm. because
0: yeah <laughs> yeah we have that too <laughs> yeah they separate even, like, everyone like,
3: even now guys like our friends ask us what do you go through like in a period like because even the biological part it's just like the uterine wall shedding itself because mm-hmm. the egg hasn't been fertilized it's not like the cramps the headaches the emotional aspect of the period it's just the biological yeah. and scientific aspect of it mm-hmm. and I think separating the girls and boys is uh, it's just like ruining the entire point of it because it, it at one point they're going to have to help their female friends they're going to have to help and if they don't know what it is, then there's no point of only the girls learning it.
1: Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. The same thing happens in the States, too. Yeah. It's so strange because if you ever, your man who wants to be in a relationship or married to a woman, like maybe you should know that. Exactly. Um, or even, like you said, just friends. Just It's good to know if half the population has it, it's good to know about it, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah, like, you know, it's. If- if men knew what PMS actually was, they wouldn't just randomly be like, oh, so you're on your penis. Is that why you're angry right
1: now? <laughs> so- you were know, so right. I yeah. Really. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. If, if, they, if blood came out of their penises, I think they would also be a little upset about it. Really mad. So, Are your lessons at all, I mean, it doesn't sound like they are, but are they LGBTQ inclusive? Not, what do you learn about queer people?
3: Um, So our curriculum till now is pretty heteronormative. Like it does not show any inclusivity of the LGBTQ community. It's like a woman will get married to a man a man will get Mm -hmm. married to a woman like that was given in our textbooks that's what's given everywhere and um now i see india progressing as the rest of the world is with lgbtq inclusivity because of the youth Mm -hmm. mainly because the youth is trying to change mindsets like Mm -hmm. especially our generation we're becoming more open about it but i feel like for the curriculum to change and for the entire system to actually accept the fact that there are people who are not straight, not cisgender out there, it's going to take a long time because of like our lawmakers not Mm -hmm. like possibly not even knowing, like I don't blame them because they weren't taught, but um, there is extremely less education about the LGBTQ community.
2: Yeah. And um, we have different curriculums I might I mean kind of so there's like Mm -hmm. a different board kind of gives like the curriculum and all that and Mm -hmm. uh I think there was one which was going to include LGBTQ and like sex education integrated but I think because of a lot of backlash faced from like the citizens and even the like lawmakers and the MLAs and all that Mm -hmm. I think because of that they like cancelled it out they're not Mm. like releasing it anytime soon so yeah Like it's getting there. Like we need more support from the people. The the yeah. fact yeah. that it was
3: suggested is a huge step forward. The fact that it was brought into a topic of discussion at the like, at the legislative assembly at the, yeah. yeah. So that's a huge yeah. step yeah. forward for our country. Um, but we're still getting there. Like
1: long way. To yeah. I think the students should just like storm the building and find the <laughs> curriculum and pass it out to people.
2: I mean, that that's
1: that
2: great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we, if we do that, it would be like the, you know, all the Trump supporters. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: the yes. That's what it but would be good. considered yes. like in
0: India. Yeah. But for progress. Is, uh, is gay marriage or like gay relationships, are those generally accepted where you live? Are they legal?
2: I am not really sure about not- marriage. But I think gay sex is allowed uh-huh. if it's consensual. But yeah,
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah,
3: there was a um, a law passed in twenty eighteen nineteen. I'm not sure, um, which made gay sex allowed and gay relationships allowed. And uh, but they're still not given their marriage license, which I think is mm. completely throwing the entire thing, like making it pointless. Yeah. Because um, you should be able to marry whoever you want to marry and. Like of a course. court or a judge shouldn't be able to like stop that. Yeah. And yeah. even like with a lot of laws, it's like it's there in the constitution, it's there, but people don't accept yeah. it because of so it's
2: one of those topics.
1: Societal standards. I mean, yeah.
2: You know, if you even like read the constitution, the way they're framed it is kind of uh complicated. Like yeah. they mm-hmm. used a lot of words. It's kind of restricting the right. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: and do you also, know what the like, words
1: are like? What it specifically says, I could try to Google it too.
3: I think it's Article
1: three hundred and
2: seventy-seven. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it's, it's, it's the headlines everywhere. You just know there's like an Article um, three hundred yeah, and seventy-seven. So it was
3: so when India was under like colonial rule, it was passed, and then it was like um, uh, like retracted mm. in like uh, like they made it like legal in twenty. 20- 18 so whoever voluntarily mm-hmm. has carnal intercourse against the order of nature with any man order of nature with any man woman mm-hmm. shall be punished so that was over there yeah. like very recently
1: so that's very awesome. recently.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. The history of this is really cool. I'm just on Wikipedia. So like, you know, Me take too. it with a grain of salt, <laughs> but it's, um, it talks about how it's actually a British colonial penal code, yeah. cri- yeah. uh, criminalization, yeah. which like surprise, you know, sorry, the <laughs> colonization will fuck <laughs> things up, uh, yeah. Against the order of nature, which is hilarious. Uh, and it was used to prosecute people engaging in oral and anal sex along with homosexual activity. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, well, I mean... Good, good thing it's been overturned. <laughs> good riddance I to mean, that. no
2: shade. I am, like, if <laughs> there are any English or British people that say no shade, but, like, uh, before this uh, code was passed, uh, like, so in, like, ancient India, there was mm-hmm. actually transgender and, um, like, gay people were considered, yeah. like, a higher position, kind of. And it was said that transgender people actually... Oh, used to come to women and bless them with
1: fertility.
2: Wow! Mm. Yeah.
1: So, So, and then (laughs) that's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, Kaylee and I have talked a little bit about this um, on previous episodes and how it really was a colonial thing to restrict people's sexuality and you know the way they dressed and these third third genders or other genders um, and how you know our, our more conservative views are really like a really old western view kind of put on other cultures that didn't didn't mm-hmm. have these views at all and we're a lot more liberal with sex and sexuality. So yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. <laughs> but uh
3: <laughs> Yeah I did a pro- I actually did like a project on like um like the lgbtq community and stuff like that because we mm-hmm. were told to pick a social issue and um i did research on like indian mythology and there's a lot of like stories about like gender switching and like um homosexuality and that's mm-hmm. indian mythology so if if and if the like if we're currently also like just looking back and um drawing inspiration in our current life from certain aspects of our uh, culture back then then why mm-hmm. isn't this getting like implemented
2: mm-hmm. now like yeah so i feel like that's happening because uh so there's a lot of um uh, like even indians right now they'll be like our mythology was corrupted by the colonials mm-hmm. so that is why like even if they look back in history they're like oh this was probably changed because of the colonials and they messed up everything. And like I think that's why they're still not referring to like,
0: oh we used to do that before why like how we do it now.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. Like reclaiming part of culture. That's really beautiful.
0: I that sounds like so cool to be able to look back into ancient history like that and see things be more progressive and
3: yeah we would you would assume <laughs> that it would be more like primitive back then like like <laughs> yeah. backward society but like yes. it was actually really progressive yeah.
2: yeah i so i like i think last summer i went to a temple like i was going around in uh, a place called humpy and mm-hmm. it has a lot of X ex- ex- excavation sites i can't speak <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and they're like temples everywhere broken down or like properly built and I was just like, I really love seeing sculptures on like the sides of the temples. Yeah. I was going around, and I see like two women having sex. And right next to that is two men having sex. Wow. And I'm just like that's on
3: <laughs> a temple.
2: Why can't i bring a syllabus?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that can be your um, LGBTQ inclusive sex ed is just a little right. trip to the temple. <laughs> 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 Looking at some art. Disguise it. I'm kind of okay. surprised that survived the colonialism. No, saying though. <laughs> I mean, didn't there's, like get thousands of there's, a
3: th- there's thousands of sculptures and like thousands mm-hmm. of temples. I don't think they really
0: noticed. <laughs> they couldn't get all of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think this kind of leads us into what you two are working on with Project Adolescence. You're trying to go about making meaningful change in your... In your schools to try and make things more inclusive and more just—I'm also having trouble with words. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, more inclusive, just better, just better all around. Yeah, just better, yeah.
0: better sex education. So, can can you tell us a little bit about Project Adolescence, if that so, if I'm saying it right? <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. So, Project Adolescence—we um, spelt it differently on purpose because a dollar cents we wanted to emphasize that
0: uh-huh. um
3: we started around like a year back almost a year back and um, and a half maybe yeah so we want our aim is to implement age appropriate and comprehensive sex education in schools across Bangalore, schools across India eventually maybe and because um we were started under the this we've spoken about this earlier like the campaign called one million for one billion which is mm-hmm. a global organization that helps students start their own initiatives about things they're passionate about. So our peers are working on things like climate change, animal protection, stuff like that. And the top mm-hmm. projects get to go to the UN um, summit, the United Nations World Summit. And we were chosen for that, actually. So um, wow. it's a huge like honor to be
0: a part yeah. of that <laughs>
3: program. That's amazing. And we're going to go as soon as things open up, hopefully.
0: Um, yeah, yeah so, right. <laughs> as soon as we stop getting new yeah. variants. <laughs>
2: exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so, um, like, we want, like, right now, we you know, tried starting in, like, private schools because they, I, we, like, it's supposed to be a modern, like, modern schooling system, private schools, right? Mm-hmm. So, we tried starting in private schools. However, we were rejected. But uh, that's okay. We can head out to other schools as well. And yeah, that is our plan for now. We have been in contact with like one or two schools. Mm -hmm. And um, right now, actually what's going on for us is we have reached out to an orphanage. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And surprisingly, they were more open to the topics that we were going to teach than like the private schools.
0: Yeah. In the next few
3: weeks, we're hoping to um, like... Visit the orphanage again, get a good idea of how much of what they want us to teach along with fine middle ground of what we want to teach, what they want us to teach. And um, yeah, start implementing it as soon as possible because the underprivileged section of society is definitely one of the most important people that we need to impact. So mm-hmm. um, because they don't have any form of sex education, at least we yeah. get the scientific part of it. So um, yeah, we're trying to start out as soon as possible and also get our social media impact up and running it's already pretty good um Mm
2: -hmm. but uh we want a little bit stagnant due to our exams and yeah yeah (laughs) understandable and uh uh, one more aspect what we wanted to cover was uh how you know like students maybe yeah but like teenagers if they have a question they don't usually go to their parents right Mm -hmm. it's just the internet which is there. So we wanted to reduce like the internet's use in sex education because sometimes there'll be random people just putting up information which may not even be correct or factual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to, like we're trying hopefully to reduce the dependency of the like internet, Google search and yeah. all of that. So, so yeah, that's many, yeah. mainly what we do
0: in like social media. That's awesome. I know so many people that we've talked to have had basically their sex education through the internet which means a lot of times porn which is not yeah, a mixed. good way to learn about sex it gives you all kinds of totally wrong <laughs> learning unrealistic standards exactly <laughs> exactly yeah it can be really unhealthy so i would love to hear a little bit more about like your process here so it sounds like are you two building up the curriculum yourselves? Are you talking to experts to do that? And I would also love to just hear about how you approach the school boards with this because that just sounds fascinating to me. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Okay. um, So our curriculum, we are doing a little bit research on like what seventh graders, eighth graders, ninth graders, all of them, what they would want to learn and what we would have wanted to learn. Mm -hmm. And also like, what would be appropriate in terms of teaching it in school. Yeah. So we've been like getting down topics and we are in um, partnership, partnership, maybe, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Kind of. Like we're we're under the mentorship
3: of like one, one and one. Sex educator. Yeah. Like someone from one and one be themselves as well as a professional sex educator. We found on Instagram because obviously oh. social media is like a community where you find pages so um yeah yeah so she's helping us work on the curriculum
2: she mm-hmm. helped us make like the curriculum for seventh eighth and ninth which mm-hmm. we were going to implement in uh the private school or yeah, our school private school i'm not sure mm-hmm. but yeah and uh, we did a hold one session in seventh grade about gender stereotype and um gender versus sex as in like what gender is and what Mm. sex is. They're not the same thing, (laughs) but yeah. So that's, she helped us make the curriculum for that. And yeah.
1: How did that lesson go? Did they, were they receptive to it?
3: Yeah. So the seventh graders were actually really like involved and participative in the, in the entire session. And they were really like woke if that makes sense like they like actually (laughs) knew a lot of things that I wouldn't have known if I was in like when I was in seventh grade which is like three years back so Mm -hmm. like we didn't expect that much and the students actually like approached us after we obviously sent a feedback form but the students spoke to us later and they were like it was a really good session because um, not only did they get things that they wouldn't have normally gotten from normal school education Mm -hmm. but they didn't feel awkward talking about it. And that's exactly what we wanted to achieve. So hopefully in another school, we can achieve the same impact.
2: Yeah. And uh, the thing was, actually a few of them even came to us asking about, hey, can you please teach this topic, uh, which Mm -hmm. was actually meant for like a higher grade, (laughs) which we had set it up for like a higher grade, but they Mm -hmm. came to us, they're like, bro, I want to know about this. Can you please teach me that? Aww. and we're like hopefully if we implement it in the school but well that mm. didn't happen so yeah
1: yeah
3: also clarifying that we don't hold the sessions or the sex educator okay. holds the sessions
1: That's we're obviously
3: we not qualified <laughs> to do it because we actually have learned so much since starting project adolescence both
1: yeah. from yeah.
3: our mentors from the internet from proper sources and um <laughs> like we haven't Like, we didn't, we realized so much of what we thought was true was incorrect. So along with, like, teaching other people, teaching our community online, we also learned so much ourselves.
2: Yeah. Um, Also, like, the um, orphanage we are going to, like, be in connection with. I have mm-hmm. no idea what to say. but Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that uh, we like both just me and Disha might go, like, get to know the students and maybe teach about topics which we are capable or like, yeah. 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 When it comes to the topics like um, honing your gender or sexuality, mm-hmm. like, the yeah, the proper curriculum for that, then we mm-hmm. would call in like a sex educator professional. If someone one,
3: in yeah. the if someone in the trust or the place we're going uh, would be open to teaching that and is equipped to teach that, then that would be like perfect. But um, mm-hmm. for now, we are going to deal with topics that aren't that heavy in the sense like um, stereotypes and gender discrimination. Generally, should be taught in schools, and they are somehow mm-hmm. through like chapters mm-hmm. and things like that. So um we're going to try and teach as much as we can and impact as many people as we can through just this basics of sex education um and i feel like everything apart from the emotional aspect which we ourselves haven't even dealt with yet so Mm -hmm. like even the scientific part we can teach but age appropriately so Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
0: since it sounds like, I mean, sex education isn't really something that's taught in school, of course. Is it hard to find qualified or not qualified, but is it hard to find sex educators in India that are available to teach at your school? If, if it's not like a, a thing that normally happens, it sounds like.
2: I mean, um, actually, the first uh, sex education educator, which we found, was like located in Sydney. Oh, OK. And but... Um, Um, the one we are in contact with right now, she is based in Bombay, India. Okay. Uh, So I think there are a few here and there, but I don't think that's like a wide known profession. Like there wouldn't be a lot of people who go for being a professional sex educator Mm -hmm. just because they're like, how are we supposed to teach? How are we supposed to earn if no (laughs) school is actually letting? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, There's
0: no jobs for it. So... That's, that's awesome and I guess I wasn't thinking about this but it's probably all being done remote right now huh <laughs> uh,
3: yeah so um the, the good thing for us was though like um the educator we we're, were in contact with she followed us on instagram and then we saw her page and we were like it's a really great opportunity for our project and um yeah then we started messaging her held an inst like how Instagram lives with other professionals at the same time, so mm. um, yeah, it was actually a really convenient situation, fortunately for us. So
0: yeah, <laughs> so looking into the future, what do you have any goals that you're hoping to accomplish with this project, or anything that you're excited about?
3: Um, so right now, we're really excited about, as we said, the the teaching the underprivileged section of society because. Um, You would think that it would be more of a taboo there, as we mentioned government schools and stuff. So um, we're really, really excited for that because we also want to see how it's received when we teach it. And Mm -hmm. um, obviously the UN Summit is something we're preparing for and expanding our social media reach and things like that at the moment.
2: Yeah. So we're hoping that we impact somebody at the UN uh, Summit enough so that they would help us expand our... um, um, initiative more, God, and cool. yeah, <laughs> I also feel like I, w- I would I would like to personally I don't know this is like yeah, <laughs> um I would like to like at least teach like three to four orphanages within this year. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> <She's> like yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, that's if it amazing. works out for us,
2: that would be really cool.
0: Man, when I was 16, I think I was just like going to the movies and <laughs> <laughs> playing video games. I was not thinking about UN summits or
1: orphanages. <laughs> you two are <laughs> incredible. Thank yeah. you. It's amazing.
2: Honestly, we would have been the same. It was like somehow, fortunately, one in one, we came to us. No, not Corona. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, Kaylee and I started this podcast during during coronavirus. We had a lot of downtime. I get it. It's like, what are we going to do? Just change the entire yeah, paradigm of sex I mean, education in India. That's what we're going
2: Corona as well. But like one-on-one one became to us before like Corona, I think, because mm-hmm. they were the ones who like pushed us to getting into an initiative. You know, so first we were trying to do something with mental health. Mm-hmm. But we saw like a lot of people, a lot of other peers do that. And we're like, we aren't actually as um, passionate. Out, sorry. passionate, not passionate, but like we aren't <laughs> equipped. I mean, not with, like we're equipped <laughs> to teach this either, but like I know but, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like mental health is like
0: you found a new you found a niche. that, yeah, you're that you are excited about a yeah. lot. <laughs> and I think that's that's yeah. awesome. Mental health is a really
3: broad topic and this like completely. Yeah.
2: Like, I mean, sex yeah. education is a really broad topic, but like we know what we want to teach. We yeah. I mean aside mm-hmm. from the biological aspect, because that's being taught, we want to focus more on like the
0: yeah. emotional stuff. Yeah. <laughs> No, and I think that especially starting in orphanages is such a great thing to do because studies have shown that like good sex education can really help lift people up out of difficult situations because it can help avoid unwanted pregnancy or any kind of like STIs. And also just being able to have agency and communicate boundaries and what you want can be helpful in in any part of your life, not just sex education. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: How did you guys like decide to start the podcast? Jen, do you want to answer?
1: Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> so Kaylee and I actually used to work together at a a tech company, and so we sat we sat next to each other and would talk and came up with the idea. Well, Kaylee had the idea first, and I was like, I want to do this podcast. <laughs> so some things changed. Kaylee left the company. We we did it, but um, we we both grew up pretty religious and got. I got really mixed sex education. Some of it was good. Some of it was just factually untrue or, or shame shaming because it was religious. And I think Kaylee got a lot more of the shaming part of sex education. Yes. Um, And it led to us not really knowing what to do when we were in sexual situations with other people, not feeling Mm -hmm. like we uh, were able to set boundaries or even understood how yeah. some some basics of how things worked, and so we weren't we weren't able. It, it led us to some really sad and painful situations. Obviously, we had to work through that and shed all of the shame as we kind of did it. So, we're I'm honestly in awe that you guys are are doing this, at, you know, at your age. If I had had empowering, factually correct, inclusive sex education at 16, then I might not have been in those bad situations later on. So. What you guys are doing is really, really amazing, um, and Thank basically you. why we started the podcast too. We wanted to like help people shed any shame that they have and understand. Whoops, that um, <laughs> that good sex that is good for society. So, anyway, yeah, that's a little honestly.
2: Schtick. I am. I mean, not kind of surprised. I'm kind of surprised, and like we're still going on because there are mm-hmm. the people who's like, "Oh no, it's a taboo thing. How are we going to go about it?" Like. What are you gonna do if somebody says no? So then, yeah, <laughs> we've had we've had good support from like our friends and our parents and like even the one on one B man does. So
0: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And you're probably going to get a lot of no's <laughs> for a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sounds like you already have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's really hard to push through that, but keep keep doing it. Like you're making change, and change is incremental and small, but it it sums up to something big and meaningful. That's my early morning wisdom. (laughs) On
1: that note, where where can people out on the internet or in the world find and support your work? Can you drop the the ads of all your social media and whatever projects you're working on?
3: Okay, uh, it's project underscore adolescence. That's spelled Um, A-D-O-L-E-S-E-N-S-E. Because we (laughs) want to emphasize the sense part of it because obviously education and things like that and
2: um that's on instagram so
1: nice sweet just
3: dm us sweet.
2: <laughs> yeah or you could like you could also send us an email at project dot adolescence at gmail.com
0: yeah sweet and nice. adolescent spelling
2: K-D-O-L E S E N S E.
0: Yes. To, yeah, I definitely have spelled it a multitude of wrong ways <laughs>
1: throughout our <laughs> throughout our outline for this episode and everywhere else. So, uh, Don't get it wrong, people out there. Yeah. Go follow them on Instagram. Go support the work they're doing. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Is there any other way that people could support you? Are you collecting any kind of funding, or just maybe sharing about your project would help?
2: i um, think sharing about our project would help mm-hmm. but yeah we did have a fundraiser like previously i think we'll. i mean mm-hmm. we achieved
3: the goal of like the amount of cash we wanted to collect which is awesome. one lakh indian rupees so mm-hmm. um yeah that'll be used for funding all the professional education we'll be uh, implementing so we achieved the goal as of now, but if anything comes up maybe in the future we might yeah. need.
0: Yeah. Sweet. We'll keep okay. an eye out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. This has been such a cool conversation. Yes, and I, thank you. I can't wait for people to hear it and be yeah. super inspired by you too.
3: <laughs> it's our first like informal podcast platform thing. So like hey. thank you so ah. much for having
1: us. Yeah, well, remember us when you're like Nobel Prize winners or whatever. Yeah. No.
3: <laughs> yes, we shall uh, shout at you on the podium. Okay.
1: Thank you. That's all <laughs> <it>. Very little.
2: <laughs> thank you so much again, guys. Yeah. Yes. Thank so
1: you.
0: So thank you, everyone, again, for listening to this episode please go give Project Adolescents a follow on Instagram, help support them whatever way you can. Their work is super important. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or want to just generally reach out and say hi, you know where to find us. That email is hello at sexedshouldntsuck.com. You can also check out our website, which is sexedshouldnsuck.com. If you're feeling like doing any more social media following you can check out our instagram and twitter at sex ed shouldn't suck uh, you can also check out our patreon if you're looking for ways to support the podcast we have all different kinds of tiers and rewards and we appreciate all of your support and we're going to give a special shout out right now to bill who is one of our supporters that gets a shout out on the pod so thank you bill bill's really keeping the lights on around here <laughs> Uh, Anyways, finally, we want to say thank you to Kent for mastering our sound. Um, He does great work to make our podcast sound loud and uniform and just all kinds of good. So thank you, Kent. And we will see y'all soon for more episodes. Bye-bye.